Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Balls Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew over on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. Appreciate you. Come on in. Let's get to talking some sports, shall we? Good times. Good times. Uh, it was a good night for uh, Florida State Athletics. Let's just put it that way. It was kind of a... Uh, a low-key, productive, nice night for Florida State Athletics. Baseball team got a nice win on the road against Jacksonville, 7-4, to four, scored three in the ninth to do it after having Jacksonville come back. Pitching continues to be fun to look at and talk about. I think that you, you see that, and then you flip on over and you watch Florida State go on the run in the second half in the basketball game and get a win. It's, a, it's kind of a mild – you hear that faintly, guys? Uh, it's just very faint. Uh, you could call that a battle of two teams desperate to get into the NIT, and one of them won and one of them lost, and we were the one that won. So that, that's that, that's kind of where I'll go with that. But uh, it's nice anytime you lay your head on the pillow, and Florida State's had two uh, two wins in, in, in two of the big three sports, right? I think we'll take that. So Florida State does get that win. And we have a chance to talk to Mike Capozzi today. That is the pitching coach at Florida State. You'll hear that segment coming up this hour. I've talked to him. This morning about last night's game. Also talked to Ty McGahee, who uh, you'll hear from tomorrow. We're going to carry that over tomorrow about trying to rehaul this roster. You know, one thing, Tom, good afternoon to you, buddy. I, I, I'll i tell you one thing that stands out to me, and I bring it up in terms of a talking to McG- Coach McGahee. It, you talk about a massive roster overhaul. I, I didn't think about it until I was prepping to do that interview. You know, he was in charge of the massive overhaul under Mike Bell at Pitt in which over 20 new players were brought to that program, which at the time was the most in ACC history, brought in whatever it is here in Tallahassee this year, 24, 26, something like that, new players for the Florida State roster. So he's now had to engineer, help engineer, two uh, massive overhauls. And one thing that stands out just through three games, uh, they've lengthened uh, this lineup. There's more power throughout the lineup, a lot of hard-hit balls further down in the order. They've got uh, a lot of aggressiveness on the base path. They've got power. I think they're going to hit for power this year. We'll see how often they put bat to ball, but they're going to hit for power, I think. And then um, there's a depth of uh, pitching that was not here uh, as of last year. So so I think the team, it, it, through three games, obviously they're 3-0. and uh, You feel good about that. But, again, it's a small sample size, and two of the, two of the wins are against a bad Butler team from a year ago. But I think the team's going to be – appreciably better I believe that not because of these three wins but because of what I just described 
Yeah, and it's it's an overhaul of players, so that's going to make a difference in terms of like when you get chin checks, like they did last night, and you're up four to one, and next thing you know, it's a tie ball game, and you've got to respond to it. You know, if this was last year's roster, completely top to bottom, and you were just hoping on development, you'd worry more in a situation like that because confidence is very, very important in the sport of baseball. It's important in all sports. But baseball, confidence-wise, you could see last year when it spiraled out of control, nobody had an answer. Everybody was looking for one, and they couldn't find one. So when you bring in about 25 new players, roughly speaking, you know when that moment happens, you're not quite as worried because there's an influx of guys who have been there, done that at different levels. This is truly a different roster, but it was good to see that when things went against them and it's coming down to the waning moments, the eighth inning and the ninth inning, they can make the plays that make the difference and they go get a big-time win on the road, which again, every little step that you take should be marked because we have come from the dregs of college baseball. It's, it's crazy to say, but that's where we've been. So when you get this uh, weekday win, a Matt Millar pleaser as it is. I was just about to say. This should be a crowd pleaser for all Knowles because it's a step in the right direction, and you're seeing little things that could add up. Now, when you face even better competition, we'll see how they respond. But it does seem like they're more armed for the fight, which is great to see. Yeah, I think they're better equipped. I think that's fair, and I also think that it's a sneaky good win. I'll repeat that term. I think it's a sneaky good win because JU was a good team a year ago. They had wins over Florida and Miami, and they've, they've had, obviously, a win over us. They've been successful, and the kid who they beat in the ninth uh, was all-conference and is a, is a kid that can really pitch. Uh, that's a that's a decent JU team, and, and I think they'll go on to have a good year, and they'll be a regional team. So getting a win like that, a win, a game that you would have lost a year ago, is not to not something to be overlooked. Uh, Florida State was awful last year, to your point. They weren't real competitive. They didn't pick up the baseball. They didn't have the requisite arms to compete. Uh, they didn't. They they really didn't do a lot well at all. So it, it's nice to get off to this started to respond in that way. Again, I, I think when you look at little things that are different from a year ago, small sample size, bring it up a lot. I understand it, but look at a Max Williams who you bring over from Alabama. That's a, a kid that hit a home run in the opening weekend that was on a, on a string. It was a laser to straightaway center. And, you know, and then you had, um, you, you've had the, the, the middle infield change. And, and last night, first three innings, you got guys fielding ground balls, Lodis in particular, uh, to, to record the vast majority of the outs early in that game after having a weekend in which you weren't tested uh, in, in the field. So guys doing things that not only lengthen the lineup with power, but show perhaps improved defense to go along with more arms. And Carson Dorsey was the story of the game last night. I don't want to completely ignore Connor Whitaker's start. Had a lot of sync to his pitches, which forced those ground balls. Played, pitched well, got the win. Uh, but Carson Dor- didn't get the win. Carson Dorsey did. Dorsey was uh, that fastball. You know, you and I commented on it after the weekend, where you got a glimpse of what he could be. 95, 96 from the left side. Link said that was an uptick in the velocity that he had in scrimmages. I don't know that he hit that on the gun last night, but the fastball was once again jumping. Late life on the fastball, throws the slider to lefties once he gets comfortable. And you really, I mean, you, you know, he strikes out 10. Uh, if you're, I don't know what role he's going to be. You'll hear Micah comment uh, on some of this in, in a few minutes. If if he's going to be a guy that's capable of throwing 75 pitches to, to maybe build towards 90 to 100 pitches, 
you have another starter on your hand if anything goes wrong and you have some other guys that you can look at as as far as the the different types of arms from both sides they got a lot they do what what's good like there's good and bad last night like Whitaker pitched well he deserved the win he didn't get it because Dorsey was in it, unable to nail it down in the high leverage situation he was looking for you know his he was looking for his stuff really uh, and you get out of it in, in a tie game because defense gets you out of the inning. But then Dorsey, from that point on, is just dominant. It's just dominant. There's not a whole lot of contact from that point moving forward. And he pushes through the 30-pitch plateau, the 40-pitch plateau. He pitches through the eighth-inning plateau into the ninth and finishes the game strong. And that uh, that is very impressive to see. When you come in in a relief spot and you got to bail somebody else out and you kind of make your own mess, you're able to flush it in that next half inning, go back out on the mound and dominate the rest of the way. I just That is a very tough moment for him in, in a good way. Even though you'd like to be able to hand the win to Whitaker because he pitched well enough and he, and he deserved to win, that's one hell of a response that you record 11 outs and you strike out 10 dudes. Like that, That'll work. That'll absolutely work. Meanwhile, for FSU basketball, I referenced the win. There was the absence of two of FSU's five guards from the rotation. No Darren Green Jr. He was sidelined with a right shoulder injury. Primo Spears, I think, is in Ham's doghouse for sure. Um, you know, he ended up having, you know, I guess he's been a resident there, and he ends up having a career night. Chandler Jackson made most of his second career start there, and so 19 points, he continues to be pretty good. And Jameer Watkins had another night where you look at the the stats afterwards and say they have some pieces, they, they have some pieces. I know we're not all excited. There's all kinds of weird rumors surrounding the program about frustrations regarding NIL. Remember, uh, that's Rising Spear, not uh, – not the one that we're so fond of, uh, obviously. Uh, this is the, the, the battle's end is not associated with basketball. I, I will tell you about a, a larger issue, I think, uh, with all the programs that aren't uh, under the umbrella of the battle's end. But that would be a long conversation, cause an awful lot of controversy and consternation over at the university. Uh, they can be as bad as they want to be. They know I'm right about this. Um, but But – the, the point is, it doesn't matter. I, I don't need to get that out there. It's self-evident. It is self-evident. So uh, at this point, you just move forward. But what you don't like to hear are these crazy rumors involving frustrations of players in the locker room and those kinds of things. So uh, kind of surprised they got a win, frankly, with all of that swirling. But they did. They did. And if you really look at it, they're not that far out from fighting their way into a top 5-4 spot there in the ACC where you could – Use the help uh, with the with the extra game off and maybe make a run at the ACC championship in the tournament there, Tommy. Well, you know, one magical week in Washington, D.C., it is possible. Um, I know that the rest of ACC championships until the end of time are going to be in North Carolina. But you know how these things work with these conference tournaments. If you're able to lock down, say, the four seed, go on a little bit of a run here, you know, it could be that you never see but maybe one of the other top threes. In, in the sense that there are upsets along the way. Uh, so maybe instead of playing the one, you're mm-hmm. playing somebody who is desperate to make the NCAA basketball tournament. And their run ends when you play in your second game. And now you're here. Now you're just playing for the whole kid and caboodle. And you could go to – it happens quick if you can get all the way up to that four line. We'll see. There's a whole lot of work to be done. But good job last night. Took care of business. 
uh, I was focused, frankly, I was more fascinated to see how Florida State baseball was going to react in those moments in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings in a tight ball game this time around than I was to see about how basketball is going to close out Boston College. Baseball was uh, very impressive last night. I don't think you're wrong. I think baseball has once again supplanted basketball, and now that there's a thought that the program could be back to its winning ways and matter towards the conference in the postseason, that will probably continue to be the case. I will say that. I do know this regarding national stories, if you will. The College Football Playoff Board of Managers unanimously approved a model that will guarantee that five the five highest-ranked conference champions, inclusion in the expanded 12-team field this fall for football, along with the next seven highest-ranked teams, the college football playoff announcing yesterday. So it was months of delay, par- partly because of the, the, the Pac-12, which pretty much doesn't exist. Um, they go into the meetings. They get it worked out. It's approved now. We'll go from there. Um uh, The Pac-12, by the way, and the Mountain West have agreed to temporary scheduling partnership uh, for Oregon State and Washington State. They'll play at least six Mountain West Conference opponents out there, if you're wondering. I don't think you were. Actually, it's smart of those two university presidents to somehow cobble this together and try to get equal share. (laughs) Hey, you know what we'll do? We'll, We'll figure out a Mountain West schedule. We'll play it. We're still here. We're still calling ourselves the Pac-12. We want our money. We want our piece of the pie, baby, and our automatics. Yeah, so uh, Oregon State's 1 through 6 and uh, Washington State's 7 through 12. Is that how they get to 12 in, in the Pac-12 existence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're <laughs> two representing six here, folks. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, if you want Florida State to have a home playoff game, you kind of have to root for them to go undefeated and lose in Charlotte because you are now locked in. The top four conference champions will be uh, – awarded a buy it's not seated one through four as the best four teams in all caps it is the best four the highest four ranked conference champions and one would assume maybe not so fairly but one would assume that the ACC would be in pretty good position if Florida State was to win it to be in that position to get an automatic buy so that is all that's going to be a little bit weird it, it is kind of like the NFL in that sense where Tampa Bay got a home game in the playoffs right. at nine wins and eight losses so it's, it's not without its precedent in the other part of football, the professional league of football. But I do find that fascinating. So if the Knowles are going to get a home playoff game, they would need to be an at-large bid that loses its conference championship, at least as we sit here today. So you, you must have been shattered because you've been dreaming of the day to, we can walk into Doe Campbell Stadium for a playoff game, and then when you saw that was the criteria, you're like, no, I don't want that. I, I don't want that at all. That, right. that means we didn't have the kind of season we were hoping to have. <laughs> <laughs> so I see how I know you always want to buy. It's a W. Yeah, but if it's a year in which you're, you mean, you're not going to sniff it, you know, and, and you, but it's great that you're in it. Uh, look, you I would want that home playoff game, buddy. That's what you want. I would root for us to win the ACC championship on the way out. But if we were losing late in the fourth, I'd say, hmm. <laughs> I guess we're the seventh seed or the sixth seed. And we've got ourselves a home game in a home couple of playoff weeks. game at Doak. Although yeah. I, yeah, it's funny. This wouldn't be the year for it. Given the stadium issues. I mean, yeah, yeah, this would not be the year for it. I'm mesmerized by the work going on at the stadium. I had to drive over there uh, the other day, and as I drove past, I just want to get out and wander the place, but that's a safety concern, and they're not going to let you just wander the joint. I'm going to be back like I was in college, wandering around the construction areas, having a good time. 
That sounds like a story of my own as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good idea. Uh, David, I don't know the answer to that question this far out, buddy. I, I don't know. He asked the question on the board here. And actually, just so you know, Tom, do you have it across the bottom there? I, I think you do. I do. This is the new chat sponsor. You'll be seeing them on a lot of JCSs as well as some other WarChamp programming. Heisen Lika Law Firm. Welcome just so you, just so you know, you. I was trying to be smooth in the way in which I introduced the new Heisen Lika Law Firm live chat sponsorship. That's right. Uh, com. your advocate in times of need, offices, Tampa. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. We'll come back, answer the question, get some more stuff momentarily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a Beer Giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk Out, Tom had an answer. There you go. Regarding the question of the band heading to uh, to Texas or not, uh, David asked that question. He did so in the Heisen Legal Law Firm chat. That's right. We appreciate you. Uh, Tom, what's the answer as to whether or not the band will be going um, to the game in Dallas? David, it's its, it's, its first FSU game, so that'll be cool, David. Have, uh, that's going to be fun. First time I've ever been to the uh, campus there at SMU, too. I cannot speak to the, the specifics of the game at Dallas, but they'll be traveling to a hell of a lot more games because what I learned when uh, we had a war chant uh, forum with Stephen Ponder, the head of the Boosters, is that the uh, – the marching chiefs are now going to have a coaches club, just like any other sport. 
So this is something that they found and they discovered that beyond coaches clubs for sports, where every dollar that you earmark through the, the seminal boosters goes to the sport that you demand it goes to rather than the general fund, you can now do that to support the band. And so I'm sure there's going to be messaging that gets out there over time. But what this is going to principally help with is the expenses to get members of the band out on the road to more games. So you'll have a way to help support through Seminole Boosters with earmarked funds to get them to Dallas, to get them to other places, because there are enough games on the schedule each year where you don't hear them and, it, and they should be there. So this is going to this is going to help. It's funny, too. I used to think naively, ignorantly that that was just a thing that old men and women cared about. But when they're not there, you really feel it. You It really angers you. Like, it was beautiful against Florida. Anytime, like any of these things where you hear the band take over the moment, and whether you're listening on television or you're in the stadium and you watch the frustration of the opposing fans having to deal with that wall of kick-ass sound, Drowning out their own cheers and their own band. It's beautiful. David and crew do an amazing job. So, yes, and by the way, they'll, based on what you've just informed us, they're pretty much going to be at every game because there is a huge amount of support and I think like booster-level support type stuff for the marching chiefs. So I, I would guess that based on what you said, it's the dawn of a new day. They'll be on the road a lot. Yeah, they should be. And as long as it's messaged properly, as long as people know about that, because I'm sure most everybody had no idea. It, it's a new thing. It's oh, just they'll, they'll, they'll get the news out. They, they got to get that news out. And it's a simple link. I'm sure Dr. Plack will be at the forefront of that as well. I see there's a question. Are they going to Dublin? I don't know, but the answer has to be yes. I mean, I a lot think. of the promo videos from Dublin show the bands from other schools that have um, you know participated in the Aer Lingus College Football Classic, marching the streets of Dublin. I, I can't imagine the war chant would not be playing for the marching chiefs. Speaking of which, a little so, update, you and I will be doing something quite fun. We're going to have more details on that. We've got a little time, but we'll get those out there to you as the summer unfolds, spring and summer unfold, uh, where you and I will be broadcasting from and then also hosting an event. And uh, uh, that'll be fun because my man Von Stryker will be joining us and hanging out, and we can reunite, and uh, what an embrace it'll be for uh, my friend. Uh, you can believe that during the sound check for that event, that will be the sounder that we use to make sure that the speakers are okay, mm. are the old school Von Stryker. I've got to make sure that we have that in as high quality as possible. He was a fun player to watch in college and kind of got ruined by going to where he did in the NFL, which made no sense whatsoever in terms of the player he was and then what they asked him to do when he got to Indianapolis. But uh, he's he was great when the NFL went over to Germany and he was there on the NFL Network, and, and he's got a future there if that, if, if that continues to grow, uh, meaning football abroad, and it seems the NFL is hell-bent on it. So I would think he'd have an opportunity. Uh, and, and, and he's a funny guy who gets it. So that, that there will be more and more information coming out about all that. It is hard to believe it's not that far away. You know, and I, I know that we, we've got the entirety of the off season, but when you start thinking about trips, the big ones weigh on you and they're, they're, they're omnipresent in your brain. Right. So when you, by the time you get to March, you're like, you know, are we, are we got our ducks in a row? We're all good here. Everybody ready to go. Yeah, I, I've been doing that on the calendar. I have enlisted the help of a calendar, much like the Cameron family has had for a long, long time. 
And it starts really next weekend when there's a wedding that we're all going to be attending. Mm-hmm. From that point forward, we've got some announcements to make about subsequent things that are coming, everybody. Uh, events that are show-related. Golf tournament. Uh, that's correct. <laughs> um, but there's, there's the spring practices coming down for that. Spring practice begins for everybody to consume. We've got an opening day event at Corner Pocket Barn Grill on Thursday, March 28th. Let's go. Boom. All of us get there together. Then there's more spring practice, perhaps a golf tournament, the spring game. Next thing you know, you're in May. And I, when you're in May, I, you, there you go. I've said it for years. When you're in May, you might as well be in June. And if you're in June, sweet Jesus, the season starts tomorrow. And June is really it's where you go, whew, I better enjoy the hell out of this month because once July starts, it's, it's go time. You've got a 74-day event in Charlotte for the ACC kickoff that we've got to be there for and take out rent for a local apartment. And then uh, then it's time for fall camp. So you do realize tomorrow at 3.10 p.m., Dodgers, Padres, and we folks are underway with the start of Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's a spring training game, but that means it's the signifying event. We're ready to roll, and then from there you have a full slate of games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, henceforth every day that you could – if you got the MLB package or some such sort of thing, you could sit down and watch a spring training baseball game, and the sights and sounds are glorious. So I am, uh, I'm all set and ready to go with that. That'll be what gets us through, Tom. That's what will get us through baseball, FSU baseball. I'm not going to fall back on this magical run that's never going to happen for FSU basketball in the ACC tournament. I'm not going to believe it. It'll be nice if it happens. Not going to happen. So I'm just going to invest in baseball. We're going to go from there. That's what it's going to be. That and golf. That and golf. Speaking of which, little Mexico Open. I know how pumped you are this week, buddy. We've got some money to wager. little money to wager. I saw that uh, Patty Harrington's in the field. He uh, he tweeted out he was from the Pro-Am today. I thought it was Florida time already. I said, okay, that's all right. The stop-off in Mexico is usually a good event. Let's see what it's all about. Finau won it a year ago. He's not in the same form. We'll see if he can uh, compete at a high level again. I've made some uh, three or four wagers early this morning. Got three or four more before the day is out. I'll touch on a few. That's what I'll do. Let's hear from Florida State pitching coach Mike Posey. We'll do it in a moment when we come back on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Welcome back, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV, of course. You can see the man right there. Florida State Assistant Coach Mike Posey joins us now. Coach, thanks for making time for us this morning, given the late hour in which you got back in. But you got to be in a bit of a high after the three games from this pitching staff. Uh, a lot to work with. Can I can I start by saying uh, that is an electric fastball that I see from uh, <laughs> from, yeah. from from Dorsey, who has just been kind of the talk of the baseball community after his first two outings. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's kind of came out and he's came out hot, and you know, he's kind of made a statement here early that he's going to be a guy that you know, we're going to rely on. And, you know, last night kind of, we came out, it was kind of interesting. JU was taking some first pitch fastballs. Um, they took a lot of early count pitches. And so he came into a jam. We ran him out into a little scenario and um, the guy at the left on left took a pitch and we didn't know if he was on time of fastball and he, he ended up hitting it. And so, 
Dorsey came back in the dugout after, you know, gave him a couple of hits and was like, hey, coach, can we start mixing in some other pitches other than fastball? I said, sure. And after that, it's kind of, he, he kind of took off. So it's a fun conversation. Let's talk about the actual stuff here so that my listeners and those that are kind of coming around into watching this baseball team will get an idea of what we're talking about. 10K's last night, he was electric when he came in the other day over the weekend. Uh, I heard Link say he hit 95, 96, and that was. Um, that was that was a mile per hour you guys hadn't seen prior to that, so maybe that was a tick up with uh, adrenaline. That fastball is lively. Obviously, anybody watching says, wow, and then obviously, if you're a lefty, good luck when he throws that slider. Take us through his stuff and what you're most excited about. Yeah, so, you know, when he got here, it was kind of a fastball um, slider, but the slider had kind of more of like a curveball profile. It wasn't very hard, so we added what we call like a cutter, um, and he was able to throw that 80-45, and it has more of a slider profile. Um, and, and the pitch that we've been most excited about is his changeup. Um, last night, he got a couple pit strikeouts on the changeup. Um, I think he got three or four swing and misses at one point on that pitch. So um, that's that's the pitch we feel like is going to be what kind of keeps people off his fastball as we start. he starts neutralizing lefties and righties. So what went into the decision, if you don't mind me asking, I'm curious, obviously you guys are trying to get a feel for what guys are and how far they can go and when you should leave them in. I thought in the eighth, I'm not a pitching coach. I don't have the knowledge you do. From afar, it looked to me like, oh, man, this might be it in the eighth because it seemed like he might have been overthrowing a little bit there. But in the ninth, yeah. he was he was simply awesome. I could have that all wrong, and you can tell me if I do. But what, yeah. what went into the decision to extend him a little bit there? Yeah, so – Dorse was a guy that we had extended the preseason. He had thrown 75 pitches in the preseason before we got to the season. So our last scrimmage day, he threw 75 pitches in that game. So he's a guy that is kind of a Swiss Army knife. He can start, he can relieve, he can close. And the reason he's a Swiss Army is because he gets swing and miss versus lefties and righties. He also has a three-pitch mix, and he can go for a long period of time. So, um, you know, last night in the eighth, he's a guy, if you watch him pitch, he gets – kind of Yankee to his glove side and he'll get offline uh, for him. It was kind of an easy fix. Just a reminder, like, Hey man, don't try to do too much. Like I know the game, it's a tight game. And, and as he tries to do more, he gets outside of his delivery. So it was nothing more than him just getting back inside of his delivery and calling back down. That's gotta be fun for you. So that's what you, that that's the fix. Hey, don't do too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, like pitchers, when you create tension in your delivery, that's when the command suffers and you get, you know, you pull offline early. So for those guys, like, you know, being relaxed and letting the hand work, you know, it's something that ladder and these guys have done well, like letting it work. And, you know, he, he definitely did a good job of that last night calling back down. We should mention the starter, Connor Whitaker, who, you know, obviously a washout from the weekend. So he gets to start and looks great. And uh, talk us through his pitching profile, his pitches. Yeah, Connor was awesome last night. He was really good. Um, you know, the sinker had some sharp tilt to it. Like they were beating it in front of the plate at times. Yeah. Um, he commanded the fastball well on the glove side. He went in well on the lefties. Um, the slider has a little bit more sweep and a little bit more horizontal movement to it this year. Um, I felt like he located that pretty well. I think he only backed one up in the arm side um, the whole night, so he showed the ability to throw that thing to a good spot. And then the changeup was really good. And um, he was out there just kind of being a bulldog and attacking the zone. And um, definitely, you know, the way he was pitching was giving us a lot of confidence for sure. After the weekend, we still didn't know whether anybody could pick up the baseball. Connor Whitaker made sure everybody could pick up the baseball, right? We got a ton of ground balls last night. It was nice to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a while there, I think I think the Friday night game, we didn't record a ground ball out. So we were, no. all, you know, we're all complaining about it. But then baseball is a funny game. We come out last night, and it's ground ball after ground ball after ground ball. And, and those infielders, man, they were flying around and 
making plays. And it, it was fun to see those guys come get the baseball. And um, I think it showcased a little bit of the athleticism we have in the infield as well. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see Lodis have to make so many throws across the diamond yeah. and a lot early, right? So you're getting tested after not getting tested at all over the weekend, hardly. I mean, the biggest play was the diving ball in the middle, yeah. dove, knock it down, got to our feet and threw it out, out at home to go ahead and run. So, yeah, there was, you know, Lodis was good, made a lot of good plays. Cam, you know, Faro, um, Cantu, those guys are all solid infielders. So, so in, in, in looking back, people are very familiar with your name, obviously your father and, and being back here in Tallahassee. I haven't had a chance to talk to you before the season started yet. So you've got to be elated to be in that dugout at Florida State with some of these guys. Take us through, uh, obviously, Lighter's start was electric the other night to watch him. You get the combination over the weekend. I think the numbers were from your two starters, 10 innings pitch, three hits, one run. Uh, zero earned, 22 Ks, two walks. That's absurd. Obviously, people are going to be watching pitching very closely after what was a tough year last year for Florida State. There's no getting around that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, this year, you know, the biggest thing for us is we want to kind of carve our own path, and, and we have a lot of new pieces, and I think, we, you know, 24 new players. So it is a really a new team. Um, but, you know, growing up in Tallahassee, um, I know what Florida State baseball is. I know what it looks like. You know, Coach Jarrett played here, like, you know, his relationship with Levin and just as close as he, he is to the program. Um, we all understand the rich history here. And so for us, you know, getting the bullpen right, getting the starters right, like the pitching, you know, getting these guys to compete, attack, um, and uh, quite frankly, to handle adversity when things aren't going well, you know, to be able to stand up there tall and, and keep competing. You know, those are things that have been a staple in this program, and those are things we're looking to kind of build upon as we got the season started off here. I know from just hearing interviews you've done and 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 reading articles in which you you were quoted, um, I, I'm a huge baseball fan and I, I'm a diehard. I'm both pro and college. I watch it all the time. I can't believe how technical things have gotten. The verbiage is over yeah. my head these days. So. Take us through what you look for when you're recruiting a pitcher, when you're hitting a kid up in the transfer portal. It's a crazy time where you get kids from everywhere, JUCO, transfer portal, you name it. Um, how do you talk to these kids? And I and I'm, I take it, I, I had some fun with Link about this. I take it that any kid that pitches in today's day and age is all very familiar with all of the, the, the kind of language that surrounds pitching now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you when you get on the phone with these kids, you have to be able to talk the language. And the and the reason it's important is because in the pro draft, that's how they're being evaluated. Stuff plus movement metrics. These are the new ways that pitchers are being evaluated. No longer is it, oh, this guy throws 98. We should sign him. Um, they're all looking for an outlier pitch. They're looking for something unique. So when we get on the phone with the kids, we can say, hey, this is a pitch that we think is unique. This is a pitch you could use more. We could add you know this movement to this pitch to make it you know, a better profile. So, you know, when you're in the recruiting process, these kids, you know, they like Florida State and they like, you know, obviously you got the NIL and those things, but they want to be developed. They want to be, they want to know like, hey, is this guy going to get me better? And then the track record with the draft and the guys you've coached and, and just the overall development of your track record is important as well. I didn't mention it was unfair of me not to mention Arnold over the weekend as well. I thought he looked very, very good. Obviously, he had great stuff to strike out a lot of guys. But I, I'm curious, can you take me through, uh, you know, early on kind of your plans for how you're going to utilize the bullpen? We didn't get really chance to see a closer last night because uh, because yeah. Dorsey was too good. Kind of, yeah. how do you want to set this up? Maybe want to mention some other names for our listeners, if you will. I didn't want to go through all the guys that I know that you guys are expecting to utilize. Yeah. I'm aware of those guys, but I wanted to give you a chance to talk about them. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen, you know, as far as like the conventional closer, I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to use that or not. You know, we're not there yet. We're still trying to evaluate our roster. But, 
the cool thing is we have a lot of guys that can go long. And I think we ramped up seven long guys. So oh, that wow. would say five pitches. So when you start talking about that, like the, the availability of Dorsey to just finish the game, you know, when he's in the flow of the game and he's hot, um, I think it's good. You know, there's Ben Barrett is a guy starting against UF last year. It's a name that you guys are familiar with. He had a really, really good preseason. Um, we're excited about Ben. At some point, you'll see him here in the next week for sure. Um, Yoel Tejeda, um, transfer from UF, had a really good preseason. Um, he's a guy that you know we're going to kind of rely heavily upon. Andrew Armstrong logged a lot of innings here last year. He kind of got a little dinged up, but we're hoping to have him back here in the next week. Um, so th those are those are some guys that right out the gate. Um, Noah Short. Um, didn't have the best outing he came out. We, he got one hitter, walked him. But he's a guy, kind of a low slot. He's an experienced guy. He's done it at, at West Virginia. Um, he's a guy that we think can help us. Brady Lout came out this weekend, you know, in a kind of a, a blowout game. And, and, you know, was throwing some competitive pitches, just, you know, missing, had some walks. He was a guy that had a really good preseason. Hudson Rowan, you know, probably one of the best swing and miss fastballs I've ever coached. He's a freshman, so we're just trying to figure out, you know, is you know can we get him going and get him acclimated at at the level we need him to but like as far as hudson rowan like it's probably some of the best stuff on our staff you know you like the dorsey fastball hudson rowan's rivals it in my opinion so i mean he's a freshman that we're really excited about brennan oxford's a guy that you know has experience uh, matt saucer's a freshman i mean there's just a lot of different options joe charles there's just a lot of different options and you know, we're early in the season. We're just trying to run as many guys out there as we can, and I think the dust will settle, you know, here soon for us. Final thing, Coach, and that's a good problem to have, trying to figure out how many of these great arms to get in and where. I, I'm curious, so given Whitaker's start last night and how much Dorsey was extended, uh, I guess I'll ask you about Sunday, this upcoming yeah. week, and who's available. <laughs> who's yeah, available? yeah. I, I would assume Ben Barrett's going to start Sunday, or yeah. I mean, I think you know you got a few different options there. You know, Ben Barrett, Yoel Tejeda, Matt Saucer. Um, you know, those are some guys, some, some options. Um, so you know, when we get to Sunday, we'll reevaluate. I I'm not sure how we're going to go with that yet. We haven't talked about it, but yeah, you're going to see some fresh faces this weekend, and we're excited to get those guys out there and get them going. Some point, Michael, we'll have to talk about your time at East Tennessee State. I only spent a year and a half there, but I'm familiar with uh, the Mini Dome and Johnson City and all the like. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we'll catch up, trade some stories at some point. It's good talking to you. All right, Jeff. I appreciate you. All right, take care. Appreciate right. it. That's Michael Posey. He's the pitch coach of Florida State. Does a great job recruiting and obviously getting these guys uh, to 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 kind of best utilize their stuff and their slot. All those things you hear pitching coaches say. It's 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 fun to watch. I, I think this is going to be a team. It surprises a lot of people. I, I think the mentality for a lot of people going into the season, obviously, um, after last year was the uh, apprehensive sort of, well, they got to be better. Let's see just how much better. I, I think they've got a lot of options. You can hear them talk about it there. Uh, it's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. 
For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Appreciate Coach Posey joining us, talking a little bit about the staff he has to work with, some of those bullpen arms, some of the transfers, the veterans, and the younger guys that have come in now. I know that they're high on a lot of guys, a lot of good stuff there. So fun to have that discussion. I think we'll do it again as the weeks go by and we begin to get an identity of what this Florida State baseball team is. They're off to a good start. Again, uh, Coach McGahee will join us tomorrow. We'll talk about that roster construction uh had that conversation with him today as well look forward to it and you know it's it's funny to hear the enthusiasm about some of the guys we haven't even seen yet because we've now played three games and in many instances you haven't needed much because your starters have been so good in all three starts all three starters did what you would want them to do for their first outing of the year uh that's an understatement when we talk about the first two guys but Whitaker was very, very good last night. So you can go on and on and say, all right, well, I don't know that we had three good starts in a row last year uh, for any stretch. Uh, maybe the first week of the season last year, the, the three starts against TCU were all three good. Do I remember that right? Maybe. I think that's about it. At no point after that did we get three straight good starts. We can put together a few more hopefully this season. It does seem like it does seem like just with Dorsey and and the amount of pitches he threw, and I mean you do have an a, an option ready to go who has made a statement that I can start on the weekend if you need me to. I'm just saying, guys. Like if I'm if I'm Dorsey, that's what my stuff is telling them. That's what pushing through in the latter innings is telling the coaching staff that hey man, I'm still getting swings and misses, you know, sixty pitches deep, and it's no problem for me. So. In case your Sunday guy gets a little shaky, you just understand. And that's the funny thing is in this setting with the washout, you have the Sunday guy who maybe Dorsey wants his job pitching leading into <laughs> in, re- in relief. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In relief of. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting because of so many pitches being thrown by what should have been your Sunday guy and then your primary relief arm. They've already used Dorsey twice on a Tuesday. Are they available by Saturday? By Sunday? Like how do you how do you roll them back into the rotation? We'll see. The sense is that the tougher games early in the season are the midweek games. When you look at the quality of competition, the best games you're gonna play or the teams that have the most likely uh chance of upsetting you, beating you, whatever, baseball, uh, is is midweek because you have JU who's a good team. Later you'll play Florida in a midweek game. There's another one in there, a Florida Gulf Coast, I think is a pretty good baseball team. They really hit. That's a midweek game in there. So all of a sudden you're looking at midweek games as opposed to weekend series like that mini tournament, and you really realize that, well, I don't know. I mean, you're not in a hurry to figure it out, and it's a good problem to have where you can just juggle a lot of guys that you think can either start for you or be long relievers, and then you'll worry about it when we start getting into ACC play and playing three-game sets then. 
And part of me wonders if I know the softball has already done it. Uh, they added, I think, FIU for a second game because of the washout Wash in Clearwater out. this weekend. Like, where would Florida State look to put another game on the schedule? Like, you know, this is the thing when you bring in so many new guys. Will Link Jarrett go and secure another game to be played as a midweek somewhere along the way or add a double header on a weekend? Like, maybe they're playing New Orleans in two weeks. And I, I didn't know New Orleans was a college, but their logo is really cool. I would almost buy a New Orleans baseball cap. Uh, it's a really nice looking logo. Maybe you had a fourth game that that uh, weekend series. I just I want to see us play a lot of games in a short period of time to take a look at the depth even more. Because right now, you know you've got a front line first guy out of the pen. What else do you got? Let's say Dorsey's not available, you know, and, and he won't be on Friday night. And you're in a jam in the sixth inning. Who do you go to? How successful is he? Like the questions keep coming for a couple of weeks at minimum. And that's the fun part. I think Link has revealed here early and I I could see why, you know, we've talked to him and you could just look at him. He's a serious person. He's a very serious person. He's serious about winning. He's serious about, I mean, look, think about who he is as, as, as a self-made man, right? The guy who was undersized and really not wanted coming out of high school he wanted to play at Florida State. He wanted to be a star. Not a star. He wanted to be very, very good at Florida State because he grew up watching Florida State baseball. And he, he, he kind of kicked down the door to be able to do that. Eventually, he becomes an All-American, right? And then he goes away to coach. And he has success several places along the way. I'm sure in the hopes that someday, if it all worked out, he could come back and coach at his alma mater and be the head man at Florida State University. And who who knows with life's paths at that time, you know, there was a, a lot of things to, to accomplish first and foremost with 11 holding down the Ford here and then later junior. So then he gets that opportunity and it's a catastrophe last year. And you know, for a guy who's as fiercely competitive as he is and as loyal as he is to Florida state. And, and obviously he grew up here. So he loves the city of Tallahassee and the people here. He, there's no way he was going to sit idly by. So, Thus, you see 24, 25 new players come in here, and they flip this thing. They keep a couple of key components, including my man Tibbs, who you know I love and have since the first time I ever saw him swing. Uh, But the bottom line is there's an influx of a lot uh, of new talent and an upgrade in a lot of places, and and then they're trying to cobble it together. But one thing we see with a guy like that, the the want to win – Everybody's competitive at that level, I get. But the, the, coming off that season, I, he's going to push guys. I think he's pushing buttons. He's challenging players. He's challenging you as a hitter. He's challenging you as a pitcher. And I think early on, there. and we're also accustomed to it not being that way, Tom, for a very long time around here. Midweek games were just kind of whatever. You know, just whatever. You didn't really worry about it. It, it it's, wasn't something that – I, I want to say you went all out to win. You kind of maybe put guys in certain situations here and there, but it wasn't like I have to win this game. I don't know, man. Link strikes me as the kind of guy that's like, I'm challenging kids. I'm challenging them around every turn, and each game, no matter when it is, is an opportunity to find out what I got. Are you tough enough? Are you mentally and physically tough enough? Are you uh, capable of taking on more if I present you with more? And he doesn't wait around to find out. It's now. It's like what I mean is – when I say doesn't wait on to find out, it could be your first outing. Oh, you're pitching well? Let's see if you can do another inning. Oh, you're pitching okay? We're at 60 pitches? Let's go 75. Let's see what you got. You know, like, uh, there are opportunities to take kids out early in the season. No, sir. He hasn't done it yet. No, well, and again, the sheer numbers of guys that they've lengthened. 
that they that they have i mean it's it's over a half dozen dudes mm-hmm. that they brought in uh they've gotten their stamina up over 70 pitches so it it could just be that we discussed this a long time ago that maybe it's the way it's going in major league baseball is you have a multi-inning reliever like that's your bullpen you might have like one dude who's a specialist but maybe you have a few guys that are basically like mini starters themselves and they pitch two and three innings that, that might be the approach they take for the first month until they really see who can pitch against top flight talent it's gonna be a fun ride though i'm in man this is this is already a fun start Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 